The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead, the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Welcome. Thanks for joining me again this week. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection. You know, today I have an interesting topic. All of us are deluged with social media. I don't know about you, but it can be an exceedingly huge time drain when you get on your computer or your smartphone or whatever device you're using and you start getting into your Facebook and your Twitter and all these other things, you know, um, and we all know that we have to understand technology. We have to understand it. In fact, it is one of the principles for any leader that wants to be successful going forward. But we also know that it's hugely mystifying how you leverage social media to an advantage so that it can become a tool, a way to build a brand, a way to connect, a way to learn, as opposed to a huge time drain that you just don't know what happens. So today I invited a colleague of mine from Voice America. And the reason I did is because I started looking at his show and listening to his show and looking at some of his materials and said, wow, this could really pertain to every one of us who's struggling with how we leverage social media and how we leverage digital uh, media technology today. And we're all going to have to do it. We're all doing it probably now, some to good degrees and some to lesser degrees and some to great degrees. I know this is an area that I really need to learn. So I invited Ron uh, Ken Rashan onto the show. He is has his own show called Amplified Radio Show, also on Voice America. I encourage you to listen to it. And he's also got his own consulting organization, really helping people understand how to leverage social media for sales and to their best advantage. Author of several books. The one I like the most is Keep Smiling, Making Shift Happen. So welcome, Ron. I, you know, I bet you people do that all the time. They do. They, they transpose my first name, my, my the beginning uh, of my last name. So, yes, it's uh, very common. <laughs> well, but that doesn't make me feel... It makes, I'm good. I'm not the only stupid person in the planet. So, There's but, no, no stupidity in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks so much for joining the show, Ken. I'm really, really happy to, happy to have you on. How did you get into this whole 
uh, understanding and leveraging really what is the, are the new marketing tools of, of this century? Well, I'm one of those crazy guys that's an early adopter of new ideas and new technologies. And so when I explore them, I look at, you know, what the power of that new discovery is. And I'm not saying that I can necessarily harness it. I just discover whether it is worth putting more time into. And I looked at social media back in 2006, 2007, and I knew it was the new, you know, like digital revolution is a good way to put it. Uh, yep. Because it really transferred what companies told the world they were to the world telling the companies who they were. And right. I saw the that people were making decisions based on what social said. And that really is a term that's more known today. I don't know if it's known uh, you know, by the, the layperson or the entrepreneur, but it's called social proof. And so social proof just basically dictates that what people are talking about, if it's proven to be true, i.e. that the restaurant is the worst restaurant ever or that this author is have the best book. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's bad or good. As long as enough people say it, it becomes proof to the point that the world actually believes it and they follow the message of the people, whether they will avoid it or buy it. Yeah, sort of like weapons of mass destruction, it seems to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I always tell people, if, you, if you're a top 1% person, you want to talk to me because I'm going to amplify the great things you're doing in the world. And I, and I, but on the other side, I say, if you're really, really bad at what you do, you really want to stay away from me because I'm also going to tell the world how bad you are. It's not by intention. It's just I'm a distribution uh, guru, and so I, I have a lot of traffic through the messages of my clients. So I, I, yeah. I obviously want to work with leaders like yourself because you care about your content. You care about right. making a difference in the world. And sometimes your only challenge is not having your message be seen or heard by enough people. Right. And, you know, interestingly enough, I, I remember, you know, I was uh, worked for Hewlett Packard, you know, obviously one of the biggest tech companies in the world. And I was at a meeting with our head of research, uh, our research labs. And obviously these are all PhDs in technology and everything else. And Twitter was just coming into um, into play. I mean, people didn't even really know Twitter. We weren't even using it. And I think this was like in 2007. Yeah, that's right. 2007. That's exactly yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so what's your advice to people? How, how do people make all of this work for them? Well, that, that is a very tricky answer, and so I'm going to try and make it like as easy as possible to digest a one, two, three kind of thing. But if you think about most businesses um, that are startups, that only uh, that 80% of them fail, we kind of can agree that they are having probably some marketing problems and some serious cash flow problems. And they're really tied together. The better your marketing is, the more your cash flow system typically works. So the misunderstanding of social media is that if you put great content up, that you're good to go. And that's really just one ingredient. It would be like if you and I decided, hey, let's make some chocolate chip cookies. And we had the chocolate chips, but we just didn't have the eggs, the flour, and the water. You know, it's, it's one ingredient. So, um, right. So really the way you want to approach this is find out how you can leverage what you're doing. And if you, if you want to have referrals to, to uh, companies, look at what they're doing to leverage themselves. For instance, there's a lot of social media companies that are actually really good at content, but they're just as bad at distribution as you are. So they're not really going to help you. They're just taking off that one ingredient off your plate and doing it for you. So content's really critical. I'm not saying it's not, but content without distribution is a secret. And then distribution without content is actually noise. So it's the marriage and the harmony of great content with great distribution is a crystal clear message that lands. And through the frequency and the integrity, which is what happens when the frequency is consistent, it converts. 
And so when most people are looking at social media and they make the comment, hey, I really don't care what people are eating for breakfast, they're really missing the ball. Those people aren't making money with social media. So you actually can, if you give valuable content, every once in a while drip an offer, drip some type of situation that you can do that gives value to them beyond the content. So, so, so Ken, let me ask you this. So, uh, you know, this, this show is a, really has a large audience around leadership and people who are in consulting and, and in that area. And, you know, some people might say, well, you know, it's not so important that, you know, I work for XYZ or I'm the, I, why is it important for, you know, a leader to have a brand or really to have a great con- content and great distribution? Why is this important for them? Well, uh, there's, a, there's a quote, and I apologize, I don't know who said it, but it's, uh, it goes something like this. Uh, the ROI of social media is you'll be in business, and those that don't do social media will be, have an unfair advantage. So to put that uh, in the uh, context of your question, if a leader that's great is not doing social media and a great leader that's great is doing social media, the other one will not be relevant or they will not be known or they will actually be uncompetitive. Uh, and so... If you look at a, a retirement plan or, or a savings plan, it's certainly not exciting the first week or the first month or the first year and even back the first two or three years sometimes. So you're stocking away this money and you really are like, you just are believing that it's going to compound at some point. And when it compounds, it gets interesting. Well, social media is just like that. If you read a book called uh, Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell or Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, they both serve a different reason. One is that if you do all these efforts that will prove over time to turn into a tipping point, then you're going to get massive results for very little effort later or the same effort. And same with the, uh, the outliers approach, which is once you put 10,000 hours into something, you automatically become a guru at it. And then you have really a, a, such a fine understanding of it. You make efficiency moves and you're, you become an authority in it. So I put in 15,000 hours into studying social media and I see in my four and a half years of doing this as a consultant, that I'm getting three, four national events a day, a day. And I can't even tell you if that even happened once a day, even a year and a half ago. So um, I'm tipping nicely, and I, I just can't emphasize enough that when you're doing great things in the world and the world doesn't know about it, you're really missing a huge opportunity to not only connect with the world, but to have that investment strategy of having people see over and over and over again that it's consistently big, that you're, you're playing a big game. And... Your show, for instance, is such a phenomenal show. If your show is actually getting the right distribution, and all of a sudden people are going to say, have you heard Linda's show? And then it's going to actually take a viral component. So, And viral only happens when there is actually a real consistent uh, push for the content to be seen. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I can also see, you know, today with the millennials and people that really grew up with technology, not like myself, <clears throat> you know, they would go in and really research uh, a potential employer, research a potential boss. They make decisions. I, I mean, my uh, some college students I know make actual, actual decisions on, on the marks that a particular professor has gotten and, you know, what's, what's said on um, the social media networks about a professor in a particular class. All that information we never had before. So, you know, what, what it's saying to me is that even if you are an individual you know, or an individual leader or somebody who has influence on others, it's important that you pay attention to this. Yeah, and savvy employers and savvy uh, entrepreneurs are doing the reverse. When they meet someone, they say, how's your social media? Or I looked at your social media and you really have an impressive, you know, presence or cloud or impact. 
And for instance, my page has 700 five-star reviews, and that shows anyone who looks at my page that I care about customer service, but that I actually understand what I'm doing. So if you go to a, a social media company or a marketing company's social media page, and they don't have very many reviews, and they don't have very many people talking about them, it really is ironic because it's the antithesis of what they're saying they can do for you. So Yeah, that's a that's fascinating point. Yeah, and, and by the way, when you said, you know, some people are doing okay with it, and some people are doing good, and some people are doing great, it's actually, I, I wish it was that way, but then again, you've got to just tell the truth. Most pages are dead, and because most pages are dead, you get frustrated and you stop posting on them, so they just atrophy even more. So it's, it's like that putting a penny in the bank uh, the first week and then putting two pennies the next week. It's not exciting, but all of a sudden, maybe after a year, you got a couple of bucks, five, ten dollars, and then all of a sudden it really starts going into the hundreds and the thousands over time. That's really what this is again. I, I call social media like a, like a, a farmer or someone that is actually a, a woman would obviously understand pregnancy. It's not like if you have uh, you're pregnant for three months. Someone says, "Well, where's the baby?" We all know it takes nine months, roughly. So, with social media, it really is a gestation period of about nine months where you're proving to the world that you're committed to what your message is and then the world buying into it. Does yeah, that make it makes total, total sense. Um, so Can I add one more point to that? Can I add one more absolutely. point to that? It, in this day and age where we're overwhelmed with information, the reason why it takes so long, nine months, is kind of a, a probably good average. Someone who's super effective, maybe it takes more like three to six months, but it's probably six is for your uh, very competent social media people, and it's probably nine months to a year for people that aren't actually handling the frequency correctly or the consistency, but they're at least doing it. So yeah. if you did something amazing for a whole month, it's kind of a yawn because everyone can last 30 days, including right. if, you, if, if you met a new woman or a, a new man and you said, I'm going to date this person, you can put on a great act for 45 days. And that's kind of what the deal is with social well, media. Well, maybe yes, going, maybe no. <laughs> well, I only say that from the standpoint you can. I'm not saying that people do. I'm saying you can because right. uh, you can you can you know show up as good as possible. But over time, you're finally going to start being the natural person you are. So with social right. media, when people see that over time, they see that consistency. They see a buy-in. And if someone's on the stage, like I, I'm doing an event in, a, in about in July at Harvard, and this is the Harvard. Uh, business form, uh, Harvard expert business form, and Clint Arthur's doing this event. He's brought me in to do the social media, so he's giving so much value to the 100 speakers that are going to be on stage. So those people are actually going to be seen not just by their own posts on their own page, but they're going to be actually seen on the other 100 people's uh, pages because I'm going to teach them how to share it the next day, how to make a comment, and how to make it go viral with breaking an algorithm that would be something like potentially ten to 12,000 people seeing these people on stage at Harvard. And that, that is a huge that's difference powerful. from, that's, yeah, that's, instead of you just posting yourself and having, you know, your normal 20 people that will like anything because they love you. Right, right. That's, that's really fascinating. So what are some of the mistakes that people make? Uh, the biggest mistake I see made is that people put their business stuff on their personal page. And what that does is that atrophies the business page. So if anyone visits the business page from an SEO standpoint, they don't see either one, the content, or they don't see anyone talking about the content. So the most important thing you could possibly do is keep your business stuff on your business page and share it on your personal page because the shares are what trip the algorithm. So if you share something really interesting on your personal page and it goes uh, a reasonable amount of viral, what happens is your business page is the recipient of that that talking about or that cloud or, or the, the big proof that you're doing things. 
Yeah, very interesting. What other things I, do you I actually, think? Can I share one or two others? Uh, another thing is people thinking that a cell phone um, at an event is really going to make the, the difference on the social proof or the uh, conversion of sales. It really is just, hey, I just want to put in my personal journal, i.e. my personal page, a document that I was here. And because they're doing it on a personal page, again, it's not going on a business page, it's undermining the business authority. But more importantly, you're telling your own story, which no one believes. For the most part, no one's going to be surprised if you say, I am the greatest person in the world, because you better believe that or you're going to go out of business even quicker. But when you have someone else take the picture and you have someone else speak on your competency and it's a third-party endorsement and it's new tribes and new audiences learning about you, now you're doing something that's really clever and that is addressing that word that you were using earlier, which is called leveraging. And the key to success on social media and outside social media is how well do you leverage your time, your money, your resources. And so I, I can't emphasize that that was the best word you could have picked to really start the show with. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. So so how do we get around, and, and I, I don't want to make any political statements, or, but how do we get around a Donald Trump who's always promoting himself and it seems to be working? It is. Uh, he is consistently uh, annoying and offensive to so many people and people can't help but watch him and the media uh, knows that he gets really huge points for his social and also for their uh, network. So uh, it's it's very funny, but you've, saw, you've seen the demographics of who's voting for him. Uh, people that are voting for him um, compared to the people not voting for him seem to have an educational or a college, uh, a, deg- a big degree of educational differences. Uh, yeah, so, I would say that's true. Yep, I would say that's yeah, very so, true. Um, you know, I'm hoping that you know the, the country smartens up and says, you know, if intelligent people are saying that this guy is not presidential, maybe we should really consider that being a matter <laughs> whether he's brought into the presidency. <laughs> well, I, I only keep in on that because he is a wonderful, you know, one, one of the things that he does is is self-promotion, which I always thought, you know, oh, that always makes me a little queasy. I never like to do that about myself. I'm, I'm always more in the camp of what you're saying. If somebody else puts your picture up and says this person just gave a speech and it was brilliant and we really loved it and, you know, really on target, that that was so much better. Um you yeah, know, than, than doing it yourself. I think I'm still going to stick to my uh, my beliefs on that as opposed to... You, you should. You should because uh, if you look at the amount of people that uh, are, are polarized by him, I, I will just say that's not the way anybody will really want to be uh, considered right. in the world. Yeah, like you I know. said, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I have my own personal views on it, but it just, it's just an interesting, it was just an interesting example of, of uh, a point that you were making. So we're going to be... Uh, at break, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more with you, Ken, around other, you know, really obvious mistakes that people make, and what people can do to really dis- demystify social media for them. What are, what are the, you know, the kind of the five tips that you have? And then I want to talk a little bit about how companies can really brand themselves um, in the future. So stay with us. We're we're talking to Guru Ken Rashan, who is an expert at leveraging and marketing the social media experience Uh, you know he's just done some incredible events um, building social presence uh, which is quite powerful actually so stay with us comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel, and get Amplified. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers presented by SAP on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, Back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host, and thanks for being with me today. I have Ken Rashan uh, on, and we're talking about social media, uh, how to make things actually go viral, how to get your message out, mistakes people make. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about the books that you have out, also, Ken. But let's let's. What are some of the other mistakes that you see that people make in social media? I, I know you said, you know, not having the distribution and the content sort of married together and, and have a regular rhythm around that. What are some other things that you see that people do? Well, there's a lot of things. So uh, one thing is people don't believe social media works, so they don't play the game of how to make it work or to investigate what would work better. So one thing that I've noticed is when someone posts something, I, I'm the guy that tries to find the reason why I like it or love it or why I'm surprised by it at night and I check it off and I don't do this um, I don't do this because it's inauthentic I just look for the reason why and so if I like what you write if I don't like what you write I just leave it alone but if I like what you write I actually am that guy that doesn't just read it I actually hit that like button and so when you're hitting that like button especially if you're one of the first people and more importantly if you actually comment why you liked it what happens is you're creating uh, support you're creating support for people that are being vulnerable, they're, they're, they're sharing something online. If no one ever said anything about it, they get discouraged. So you become someone that's top of mind. So 
95% of people that are on social media lurk, and it's just that they're reading and, and moving along. But it only takes one extra second to like something. So I make sure whenever I'm on, whether it's five minutes or an hour, that I'm, I'm engaging in, in supporting people that I care about when they have mm. a good point or a good message. So that's just a real simple thing right there. Another thing is most people do not... Well, uh, will people reciprocate, Ken? Do people typically reciprocate when you do that? I've noticed they do, yes. Mm. Um, they, they can't help themselves. It's kind of like if I gave you a referral, you'd say, gosh, that was so nice of him. Um, uh, Ken, uh, how can I help you? you know, or you know that I... Uh, do social media, you know, I do some social media photography, say, hey, can I actually know somebody, they're an event planner, would that be of interest? And, and you just can't help yourself. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, do, it's doing it unconditionally, quite frankly, which uh, Bob Berg wrote a book called The Go-Giver, and I thoroughly believe in that uh, that way of doing business of if I help you, I'm not looking for something in return, but just the fact that I did it causes you just to think, hey, he's a good guy. And then the other thing is it causes a third-party endorsement. When, you, when I refer someone to you, Linda, you guys can't help but say what a nice guy I am because I actually put you guys together because I cared. And so doing that here on social media is actually very powerful. You can, uh, I could write to you, Linda, and then write to Bob, who's a friend of mine, and put you guys together. Or I could even post on your page. You wouldn't mind if I said, hey, Linda, really enjoyed myself on the show. Now that I've been on your show, I have a great leader that I think would be really great to connect with you. And you may even want him on your show. And then it says Bob Jones, right? So right. those are moves that you're making that are showing you're an authority. And you're, and mm-hmm. you're actually leveraging your social media. The other thing is whenever I'm at an event, you, you don't have to pick, you know, the 30 people you met or the 50 cards you got. You can just pick three people that really blew you away and write the next day on their page and say, it was really great to meet you. I look forward to having another conversation with you or feel free to call me. And then you just accidentally put a link to your like page because you just told them that you care about them and you want to trigger their memory. And then when you do a live link, which is www.facebook.com forward slash then your URL, it goes into a pictorial, and so you actually get a visual on their personal page. So it's sneaky because you're you're actually spamming a bit, but on the other side of the coin, you're not spamming because you're actually authentically picking the ones that you really want to do business with, and you're sharing with them, but you're actually sharing with their 50 to 100 people that go on their page. And so you just need to be careful how you do that. You're doing it to actually authentically connect and to let them know who you are. Well, you know, right. actually, when I go, yeah, yeah, but when I actually go to a con- con- a conference or if I'm speaking and I see other speakers that I think is really great, I always tweet about them, and I always, um, if I love somebody, I immediately ask them to come on the show if I thought their message was really great, and then I, you know, I do social media stuff all around that, and that, for me, that's, I, I, I just do it because it's, it's interesting, and I, and, and they're interesting, but I, I can't imagine that's a bad practice. No, it's not. And if you pick influential people, especially if you look up their social media, they actually bring you new tribes, and they're happy to do it because you're being there. It's it's collaborative uh, marketing, it's cross marketing to two different audiences. So that's yeah. a really good measure. A lot of people do not put a uh, review button on their or a call to action button to on mm. their live page, and that's that's really easy. You just go into the the. Uh, the setup area and you just look for some of these plugins you can put in and you can also Google how to do this and it'll take you to YouTube and put these things in. But a, a review button is really valuable because you're getting social proof that you are serving and that you are satisfying who you serve. And, 
if you're not going to do that great job and you're not committed to getting that five-star review, it's maybe not such an important button to put in. But most leaders I, I meet, they're very committed to making that difference. So why not have a, a review button? Yeah, and they and they can see what people think. You know that I think that's a really great idea. So, so tell me, Ken, what actually causes a a viral campaign? What causes things to go viral? There are four ingredients that I found. One is that the content has to be quite spectacular, and the other three components typically are not um, either one available or, or misunderstood or not known. And so those three ingredients are the ones that I learned about by studying social media. One is that you have to get new blood to your audience. I mean, new blood to your page every single day or as often as possible, which is when you speak in front of a group, you need to really encourage them to come to your page, and there's something that you're going to give them on your page, so you get all this new activity, which is building your page. That's one, and, and most people do not think to do that, so their page stays rather stale with the one or two extra likes a week. So uh, I made a very simple commitment of getting 11 likes a day, and I, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it actually does tip over time, and so I get sometimes hundreds of likes in one day, and on other days I'm sitting right around 11 or so, but 11 times 300 is not a bad number, uh, 365, I mean, you're, you're getting a, a decent chunk of uh, new audience, so that's one, and the second one uh, I mentioned earlier, which is the marriage of distribution with content, you really have to be cognizant of the fact that when you're doing something that's really spectacular in content, how are you leveraging it? So one way you can leverage it, you can just say to your audience that's out at, in front of you or to your, your strategic partners, hey, I have something up. Would you mind if I post this on your page or would you please go to my page or you actually identify the people that it relates to? In other words, do not put people that they, you don't have their permission to put their name because then they'll lose them as a friend. They'll probably unfriend you or they'll, they'll feel that you're taking advantage of the social media etiquette. And then the last one is speed of relevance. So if I go to your event, Lynn, and I see you speak, and I'm taking tons of photos, you certainly want those photos up today, if not no later than tomorrow, because that's where your highest impact of people's memory towards what you did for them, and it actually re, it re, uh, jogs their memory of how impactful you were, or how, what a quality person you were, and then you can transfer that into all that uh, stampede of viral traffic into, hey... I'm giving away that book, or as I mentioned on stage, anyone that does this, they're going to get this, or, or like my page and, and download this free, blah, blah, blah. And all that stuff is getting uh, not only engagement, but it's getting an audience to play with you and see that you are really serious about taking care of them. That's How much time a week do you think that this takes people to do? It depends who you have on your team. Uh, the word leverage is, is a key word. So if someone tells me, uh, I had someone yesterday call me and says, I'm in really a, a bad situation. I, I have a, a wine event coming up and I need 3,000 people at it. I'm nowhere near that. And the event's in like two weeks, two and a half weeks. And so... I would I'm say that's panic. <laughs> I would yeah, be panicking. But the, she, but the reason she's not panicking is she's doing the exact same thing to me that I'm going to do to my strategic partners. So she reached out to six strategic partners that are all media people. I'm a media person. And she says, help, help. I'm going to do whatever I need to to take care of you. Just help me get out of this bind because I'm in trouble. So I'm going to probably contact roughly 10 to 20 of my strategic partners and say, hey, got one of my clients. They really need a lot of help. Can you push this out to your audience? I just did that. Uh, I'll probably reach 5,000, maybe 7,000 people that would consider going to her event the value is definitely there for the event. It's established and it's endorsed because of who I'm asking to tell their tribe. So what's going to happen is I'm going to spend a whole 15 minutes, 30 minutes 
letting my strategic partners know that they, I really need their help and they're going to come through for me because I come through for them all the time because we trust each other about the content we're actually asking each other to share. Very interesting. So, Go ahead. And if, you, if you think of it, uh, any, any metropolitan area is run by anywhere from three people to five people. I mean, if you go anywhere and say, who are the people that you listen to in this area to know that events uh, worth going to? They'll name two people, maybe three, but overall it'll be a total of like five people because the demographics will be professional versus youth, et cetera. I have something to share with you that I was going to say earlier, and uh, we, we moved to another conversation, but I, I just want to share how powerful it is to have uh, a social proof ability. So there's something happening this weekend and notice I'm not saying something that happened two years ago. I'm not, it, when I speak to my clients, I always say, this just happened last night or this has happened this weekend. Always super, super relevant. Because then they'll follow me because mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna check and see if I really am saying what I, what I meant and, and going to deliver what I said I was going to do. So I'm doing an event this weekend in New York for uh, an organization called the Next Gen Summit. Now, what's so funny about this and sharing this with you and your audience is you're not like... A millennial, are you, Linda? No. Okay. And, and you kind of laughed at that, right? So Yes. You know I'm not either, right? Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm guessing, I, yes. I'm not at all. I'm 51 years old. So I am on Next Gen Summit's social media team as one of their only people on their social media team. I'm not kidding you. Um, I'm going to New York to support 600 people that are millennials. Average age probably, honestly, is around 26 Okay, it could be a little earlier, because, uh, younger, because the guy who started Next Gen Summit started when he was seventeen or eighteen, and I believe he's either eighteen or nineteen right now. So, this is a very young millennial uh, tribe. They are taking over the world. They, in, in a good way. I mean, they're very yep. positive. They're very intelligent. They're very confident. They have no. They have no apprehension of charging five thousand uh, dollars a month for helping someone with their social media because they know how important it is and they know what kind of money they're going to make that, that company. So these are people that are actually being hired by Coca-Cola, by McDonald's, by whoever, that need the prowess and the influence and the strategy that these kids understand. Right. I'm, doing this, I'm doing the social media photography for the event. I'm doing their like page on Facebook. And the reason I'm sharing that with you is because I am even baffled that they couldn't find someone in their... In their own crowd, in their own in tribe, their own tribe. Right? who could do that. And, you yeah. know, that is amazing. And going, yeah, but here's what's funny. If this goes live and it goes viral, which I'm guessing it will, someone can hear that and I get fired. So that's how funny this comment is because they could say, well, we're going to find somebody. But the point is they can find someone. I'm not disputing that. They can find a social media person. They can find a photographer. What they were telling me is that we couldn't find one better than you in our tribe. That's really all they said. It wasn't that they couldn't find one. They just couldn't find one better. And well, that's I a really, great compliment, Ken. It is. I, it, I love that. And this that's is, really great. And two years in a row. So what happened is last year when I did it, they had a whole year. And by the way, they only booked me like three weeks ago. So please wow. understand, they didn't book me immediately next the following year because they're probably seeing what cards could be played out. And the, the in, interesting thing is I'm usually booked every weekend, but they called me and it was one weekend that I actually had Saturday off. And I said, wow, I'm still available. And they said, we'd like to secure you. And I said, great. I mean, me being in their tribe, I learned. Me being in their oh, tribe, sure. Absolutely. I, I, get, I get all kinds of new ideas. And, and by the way, these contexts, the best thing your business, a business can do is hiring a millennial because you're actually protecting the future of your company because you're getting the new ideas that you have to be implementing or you're going to become prehistoric. 
And as you know, in this day and age, prehistoric can be two years or three years, not seven or... Oh, much less than that, quite frankly. It can be much quicker than that. I totally agree. So I I wanted to ask you, what do you see on the horizon for social media? What are the new big trends that are coming out? Well, video is only getting stronger. It was always the predictable front runner, but the way video is being... uh, shared in the way it's able to be utilized. For instance, uh, Blab, where you can have multiple people. You can actually uh, have things go viral because you're able to use technologies like Thunderclap, where you're actually uh, reaching out to influencers and saying, hey, I got this book coming out in a month, and on you know June 30th, can you just sign up that you would have your whole tribe know about it? And, and when you sign up, it does like a... Um, it does like a calculation, like a thermometer, you know, if you're trying to raise a million dollars for Alzheimer or whatever, and you're at 100,000, you get 110, it's like a thermometer going up. This is the thermometer where you're saying, I want a million people to know about my book. And so someone like me might give them 35,000 people by just saying the answer yes. So I have to say yes, and I have to sign in under my Facebook account, and then what it does, it grabs my audience and says, you've just given us permission to let your audience know on June 30th, it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever time it is, that um, Linda's book's coming out. So you can imagine if you had 20, 30, 40 people like me, your book has a really neat strategy plan for being known. And I'll just throw some facts at you about books that are just alarming. So I, I, I would love that because I'm sure I know a lot of people uh, that are listen to this show are authors and speakers. And I and obviously I'm an author of several books and would love to know how do you get the message out and so, on that. so these. So I'm going to start with the facts that would actually demoralize someone from a audio book, and then I'm going to go over the stuff that would actually correct them. Okay. Uh, so because uh, I, I got to share the bad news because it is. It is share really, the bad news, Ken, and then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about the good news. So share the so, bad news. So, we have a minute. Okay. Bad news is, eighty-five percent of people want to write a book. Only one percent does it. Another bad news: the average author selling books sells eleven books. They may give away a ton of other books, but they only sell about eleven books. Oh, I'm starting to feel good now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sure. Well, you, you, your radio show actually is a way of doing social proof that you're an authority. So you're doing the right things. If you're, and you're speaking. I heard that you do a lot of speaking engagements, and obviously the quality that you're doing it is getting you, uh, you know, to the Middle East, Dubai, all, all these cool places. So you have a great social proof content uh, game, and what we're going to do is help you through the show and beyond the show to actually get the distribution you deserve, so tips, and you yeah. get what you want beyond that. So, so when we when we come back, uh, you have a few more statistics, and we're going to be at a break in just a minute. But when we come back, I want just to hear the other, like startling statistics, and then what do you do to um, get the message out on on books? Easy on your peasy. Books. <laughs> so, what'd you say, Ken? I said easy peasy, so we'll have a good easy show. Easy peasy, right. Not so easy peasy because they're, you know, it's very hard to become a best-selling author, as you probably know. Right. It's, uh, you know, you have to sell 10,000 books, so you have to do uh, a bunch of other kinds of things. Now, fortunately, I've, I sell a lot of my books, but I think it's because of the topic. I don't, you know, I, I really don't know. I, uh, and, and I think that they're um, probably important topics to businesses right now, actually. It isn't always the topic, but I'll tell you what it is when we get some back and break. Okay, terrific. So stay with us. We're going to talk about, for any of you who aspire to be an author, which I think Ken is absolutely right. I know lots of people 
so many people who say they want to write a book. I've made a couple of mistakes. I've had some people on, you know, self-published and uh, who've, you know, ventured down that path. And maybe they should have thought about it uh, a little bit before they ventured down the path. But um, a lot of people want to write a book. Not many people actually get to do it. And it is true that most business books, if they sell 2,000 copies, that's a lot. Somebody did really, really well on that. So stay with us. We're going to talk to how do you continue to build your social presence? Uh, How do you get your message out? Um, How do you build the presence of your book? What are some insights uh, about the future? Talking to Ken Roshan. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that have done right really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. If you are a small business owner or entrepreneur, you may not be aware of the different options available to you in securing business capital in today's market. We discuss and explore these options each week on Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. There are two primary ways of building business capital. Profits, which are basically higher revenue and reduced expenses, and external or debt capital. Listen live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag iLeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the leadership connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host, and I have with me Ken Roshan. You know, it's such a privilege to be able to do this show because I have such a great opportunity to meet really fascinating people. And I hope that you're finding this show really fascinating because the topic 
is incredible. And it's not one that's going to go away. And clearly, from listening to Ken, you know that he's a guru in this area. So, Ken, what are some of the other ways to get the message of your books out so that they become really powerful, you know, powerful in the marketplace? Right. Because really a book, if you break it down, should be doing lead generation for you. It should be your very strong business card that gets you to stand out over everyone else. So if you got 30 business cards at a, at a leadership conference and one person gave you a book, you just couldn't help but say, wow, that person either thought a lot about me or I want to know about this person that's willing to give me a book. It's definitely more expensive than a piece of paper. So I always, uh, I give roughly 900, maybe even as high as 1,200 books away a year just by carrying them in my briefcase because if I run into someone that's a seven or eight figure person, I couldn't afford their time. So when they're reading my book, I'm actually getting to have their time for free. And that's, that's just a very valuable thing. Most people do not carry their book around because they look at their book as an expense and it's not selling well. So, you know, what, what the hey. So people need to get in the mindset that the reason their book's not doing well is not because the book is bad. It's because their marketing's bad and their social proof's bad. So you made a comment at the end of the last segment that was, you know, the topic can really have a lot to do with the success. And that's true and it's not true. If you pick a phenomenal topic but you didn't market it well, your book is just going to be a fade to gray kind of situation just like every other book that doesn't have good marketing. So here's the irony of it. You could have a topic that is not actually that sexy, but because it's marketed correctly, it becomes sexy and, and the buzz. So I'll give you an example. My Keep Smiling book. He's smiling, shit happens. That book could just be one more book that goes out, sells 11 copies, and has a horrible marketing plan. But I make sure that book is in every single person's hands as an influencer. I give them copies of it because instead of putting my marketing dollars maybe into TV or radio, I put it into the book itself. So I make hundreds of extra copies when I print a book so that I can actually have the book be a lead gen. Now, I, uh, I made a book. My 10th book was called Make a Book move a book, book a sale. And the reason I did that is because make a book address the 85, the 84 people out of 85 that didn't know how to do a book. And it shows you how to do a book, whether you get our help or not, it shows you how to do it. The move a book is really an interesting facet because if most people are selling 11 books or let's call it the, the big number you said, 2000 books, that may not be enough to actually generate anything beyond a book sale. And if you know, as well as I do, you're making anywhere from a dollar to $5 maybe if you are doing self-publishing, which the people who are doing self-publishing actually sell less books, so let's not you know, say they're making that big profit on that 2000 But my point is most of them are fighting to get their money back on their investment of, of, of money. Forget about the investment of their time, and they're demoralized. They're getting back. You know, They sold 30 books on the book launch. They're like, okay, I spent $5,000 in this campaign. I don't even want to count the hours. I just made $200. Wow. It's going to take a while. And... The, uh, the other thing about a book is you're putting your best work first. You're not saying, you know what, I'm going to say my best work for my next book. I'm going to do my second best work now or my third best work so I can do my next book next. And it's going to be really super powerful. You, you put your best book first. So when the first book does not perform, your decision is, I'm not doing another book. And again, this has nothing to do with your ability to write. It has nothing to do with your ability to have brilliant content. It has to do with you have no buzz on your topic and no one knows you exist, and no one knows your topic exists through you, so you get frustrated and you don't even carry your book around. So if you, if you made an invest, oh, and that's the other thing, people that go through uh, CreateSpace, they're in the mindset, oh, okay, I can play low risk. This is not going to cost that much. It's going to cost me like $300 or $400. So they order 10 books. They can't sell the 10 books. They never order anymore. They forget that the only reason the book really exists is to actually get it to have people read it 
so they have impact and have a conversation beyond the book, which is, hey, your book was fantastic. Uh, I, I have a problem that uh, is out, not covered in the book, or I have a problem I think you can cover, because a book tells you the answer, but it doesn't actually give you the confidence you want to do it. For instance, if I right. read a manual about my, my, my Prius, my hybrid Prius of every single aspect of it, I guarantee you when something breaks there, I still don't care about reading that manual. I just want to go and get it fixed. You just want to get so, it fixed. Absolutely. So, but, but who do you get it fixed by? You get it fixed by the people that are the authority. And that's, you know, hopefully the dealership. So if you're the guy that knows how to fix the problem about leadership or about sales funnels or about conversion or about social media, if you write the book on it, you become a top of mind person because your book is everywhere. Hey, I'm going to go to that person because they are someone I trust because everyone else says they're the best. So it's, I call it kind of Michael Jordan. In fact, Michael Jordan, where did he get paid? Just, say, just so we have a, a quick answer, the answer is whatever he wanted because yeah. he was the best at the time. Now, the second person did not get paid whatever they wanted. They got paid the proportion of what Michael Jordan commanded or they got paid what they were going to get paid, which is because they could be placed. But the top person gets everything. I mean, they, they steal the show. And so when you're doing social media, if you play in that, that kind of game, because if you think about it, if 99% of pages are dead, and you're the person that actually says, I'm going to make my page really um, very relevant. I'm going to put the time into it. And, you know, everyone has an ROE thing. Like, if you're not making any money in the time you're putting in, you've got to stop doing it. But let's give it a real fair shake. You have 168 hours a week. You only need, if you, if you did one hour, which is a lot of time, it's way more time than you need. But if you did one hour a day, you're subtracting a whole five hours from 168 hours. So you still got 95 waking hours. You can do all the other things in your life, like be with your kids. Um, play and then and, and do work. I mean, in whatever order you want to do it. But most people do not put constructive leveraging like strategic time in their social media. So if you're at an event and you have your book, what you do is you don't just give the book. You say, do you mind if I get a selfie? Or you talk to the photographer and you say, hey, photographer, you're here taking pictures. Can I borrow you for five minutes or 10 minutes? I would pay you $100 or 50 bucks or whatever you think is a fair rate or what they would agree to, you say, the only thing is I need these, I need these pictures tomorrow and, I, and, I'll, and I'll give you a credit card tomorrow. And what's going to happen is you're the only person that's thinking beyond what the audience is doing. So you have your book being shown. You're getting in the influencer's hands. You're proving it. So whose page is going to command all the attention of that event? It'll be your page. And by the way, when yep. you get those pictures, you share it on the event page or on Facebook and you say, oh my God, I was so excited that uh, big thanks to Linda, the host of the event, for making this event possible. I met these five people I never would have met if it wasn't for her. You see what I'm doing? I'm laying out all the compliments, all the acknowledgement, but also getting the social proof that yeah. I actually did something at your event. And, and I'm actually helping sell your event for the future. So you become a person that calls me and says, oh my gosh, Ken, thank you for those nice acknowledgements. I, I, I never hear anyone say that they really got so much out of my event. Um, tell you what I'd like to do for you. I'd like to make you a VIP next time or whatever. You know, you, you just all of a sudden get all this extra treatment. Yeah, that's very, that's very interesting. Very, uh, very interesting. So, what do you see as, um, you know, the je- next generation in social media? And I, I know this may not be an area that you're particularly paying attention to, but, you know, you're in the space. So, so what do you think is going to happen here? Well, I think one thing that's going to happen is I'm going to really pay attention this weekend at the Millennial uh, Next Gen yeah, Summit. Yeah, very good. And, and, yeah. and, 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 I'm, and I'm going to write you and tell you uh, the worthiness I have of being on one of your shows in the near future with that neat content because I'm going to learn a lot from them. These are people that are talking about how they make $30,000 on gay video. Okay, just, right. it, it's, it's mind-boggling. So, uh, they, and they have so much new cutting information that quite frankly could have a millennial summit probably every three months or every six months because they have 
just too much great content. So I will, I will just say uh, a couple of safe things. So one thing is, uh, I'll make an analogy first. When hip-hop or rap first came out, people thought, oh, that's, that's just a temporary thing. Or when rock and roll came out in the 55, people said, that's temporary. Well, we can't wait for that stuff to leave. So social media is here to stay. And the people that got into it first, that pioneered it, figured it out, and basically dominated the scene, i.e. Facebook and Twitter, but Facebook specifically, uh, are not leaving. Because they're gonna, they have the money, they have the purse, they have the power, and they have, they have the decision makers that are way up that will make the moves that need to be made to stay in line with where social media is going. So I think social media is going more towards uh, relating to the user and having the user have experiences that really help their life out. For instance, Amazon is an example of not social media but shopping and how it's been made. So the user says, you know what, I got something to buy, I'm going on Amazon. I, it's very hard to actually pe- pry people away from Amazon. I would rather spend more on Amazon than do the work of getting out of my house or going even surfing. That's really lazy, isn't it? So I'd rather yeah. buy a camera on Amazon, trusting that it's got to be close enough to the best deal. Well, I just met a, um, this woman for a couple of years, but she told me that she wanted to buy a camera. I said, hey, I buy cameras for people all the time. Um, let me go on Amazon. I'll, I'll tell you which one you should buy. And the best rate I got her on Amazon, and this was a killer rate, it was a 5D Mark III uh, camera. It's normally $3,500 a couple years ago. It's down to like $2,000 right now, $2,100. With the lens that I was going to get her, that was going to be a like new lens. It was about $2,600, $2,700. She found it on another site for $1,799. And it was, the condition was new. It was not like new, like the lens. Wow. I, 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 I said to her, I said, it was so funny the way I said this. I said, well, Amazon has a, a, a guarantee, so you can use it for that. And she was like, yeah, Ken, that's a big difference. I go, yeah, you're right. Yeah, go ahead and uh, I'm not going to buy it for, through another site, but I was going to buy it through, through Amazon. But that's, that's ridiculous how Amazon would have been my purchase choice just because they have actually social proof that they have competitive pricing, but they have phenomenal customer service. I've actually had stuff that breaks in 30 days, or it doesn't matter what your reason is. You send it back, your credit card's credited. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. Uh, you know, the, the other question I have for you, though, is... Oh, can, I, can s- I say one thing? Uh, can I say Because it's really important. Uh, Amazon uses their, their shopping uh, experience like social media because they have the, the ratings and they have all the comments. So when you see 3,000 ratings that are like a 4.8, uh, just to buy batteries, for instance, you see the other one that's like a 3.9, but their price is lower, you'll still buy it from the one that's the, that social proof everyone says these people are a no-brainer. I, I buy my batteries from them. So it doesn't matter what, what uh, unit you're talking, I mean, what uh, the noun is you're buying, the degree of reviews and the comfort you feel with that company you're about to purchase with through Amazon actually is dictated by that social group too. Yeah, fascinating. Fascinating. So uh, the last word, how do people get a hold of you and, um, you know, the last word on that. So, uh, Ken Roshan, K-E-N-R-O-C-H-O-N. I have a fan page on Facebook. That's the way to directly get a hold of me. The Umbrella Syndicate, you'll see firsthand that we have 700 five-star reviews, 33,000 organic likes, and we have really super interesting events. If you have a cause that is uh, just not doing so well because it doesn't have good marketing, good social media, the Umbrella Syndicate actually has a policy. We do not charge for nonprofits or causes uh, that we want we want all causes to have a, a marketing plan, a social media plan that gets them the type of support they need through donorship, uh, through audience, through t- uh, ticket sales. And uh, I just share that with your audience because 
anyone that is doing social media in the sense of what I call philanthropic marketing, I encourage them as a leader to find uh, an organization or two that is doing great things in the community and volunteer time, but help them in a social media context, and then you show up as the person that is worth doing business with because you make a difference. Ken, this was great. I really appreciated the conversation. I learned a lot. Uh, clearly, you have a lot more insights into this. Uh, could We could spend a whole other show on this. And clearly, you have a lot of good advice for people who are trying to build their social media presence. Um, good advice for me as well. I'm going to follow up on some of that with you. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. I'm, I'm very excited to have you. And I want to just take a minute for some upcoming shows i have the ceo of uh, radio flyer remember those little red wagons we all used to pull around for those of us who lived in those early days i was at duke hospital unfortunately for some things with my husband and there were all these little red wagons in the pediatric ward where where parents were able to pull their kids around and so i'm going to have the ceo of that company the chief wagon officer robert pesson on the show, we're going to talk about how he revived this really 1933 company and made it such a powerhouse today. Plus, good discussion on global HR, how, how things need to change if we're really going to be global companies and other exciting things coming up. So thanks, everyone, for being on, uh, for listening to the show. And I just so greatly appreciate all my all the listeners that are out there. And if you want to get a hold of me and you have a particular topic that you'd like to hear about, please send me an email. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. 